Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday already know. a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Drafted is a production of Tree Fort Media, Clutch Sports Group, and iHeartRadio. Basically, yeah. Live feed for 60 hours. Live feed for 60 hours. It's for like a podcast. I mean, just like recording everything I say for like 60 hours. You like recording right now? Yeah. This is a podcast, though. It's just audio. Welcome back to season three of Drafted. I'm Steven Johnson. And last episode, we got to know University of Alabama star receiver Devontae Smith. In this second episode, we're meeting the guy you just heard laughing, Devontae's college teammate, offensive tackle, Alex Leatherwood. He's six foot five and weighs roughly 320 pounds, almost double the weight of Devontae. And over the past four years, Alex cleared the path for his smaller teammates on offense, staying in the background as the other players won awards and got most of the publicity. Now, with the 2021 NFL Draft arriving in only one more day, Alex is finally going to have the cameras and limelight directly on him, an experience he's absolutely not used to. Hello? Hello! Hey! What's up? Hey, what's up? Hey, oh my gosh, he's like tripled in size. No. How are you? So, I'm well. Good. Oh, what a sweet boy. How's hey. it going? Hey. Right. How you doing? Alex will be participating in the draft virtually this year. Only the 13 players in Cleveland are doing their draft in person. Everyone else has to throw their own at-home draft party. So, before hosting his party tomorrow night, Alex decides to visit his godparents, Rebecca and Andrew, at their house in Pensacola, Florida. And he's brought along his 10-month-old puppy, Zuko. Does he shed much? Just a little bit. He like does, but it, or he does, but it's not it's not crazy at all. Yeah. He's a beautiful dog. You're too so pretty, Zuko. Come here. So how anxious are you? I'm not at all, to be really honest. Awesome. I, I I slept through the whole night. Could have honestly went back to sleep when I woke <laughs> up. But I mean, hey, it is what it is. I'm I'm ready to go. That's awesome. You've been on your own trip. How'd it go? After college you got well, you trade it, right? Mm-hmm. And then you set up your training and you set up all your... Because, like, the day after the season, I mean, 
That next day after the national championship game, I drove straight to Texas to start training. Alabama won the national championship on January 11, 2021. And instead of taking time off and celebrating, Alex woke up on January 12th and drove to Texas to start training for his pro career. He didn't build a single day off into his plan. Now, four months later, Alex is being talked about as a first or second round pick, and he's been linked to a half a dozen teams. And I stayed away from reading anything about you. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't want to get tied up into it. It's recently. fake. The media is fake. Yeah. Don't watch it. It's, it's, literally it's literally fake. Yeah, one time it said... So you learned a lot already. One time it said Broncos, then it said Packers, and the, then it was like, the last one I saw said the Packers. You know, it's like, who knows? Don't, yeah. don't look at it. Yeah. They yeah. know They know nothing. It's all speculation. Yeah. Okay. But I do have an idea. I know the Chargers, they like me a lot. Yeah. But I'm not their first option gotcha. Gotcha. for O-line. Yeah. So if it's not them... Probably going to be the Raiders. Wow. If it's not the Raiders, then it'll be Miami. If it's not Miami, then it'll definitely be the Ravens. <gasps> but how's it going to work? I will, we will literally all be watching the TV and wait until somebody calls me. That's what it is. Yeah, you just wait for the phone call. How exciting! I know. Oh my gosh. I know. Well, we're going to bring a chartreuse plate. No, you, how do you call it? Charcuterie. Uh, nope, I'm working on this with you. Okay. Charcuterie. Oh, I call it. Sure, I call it. Charcuterie. Yeah. Some people call it really other things. The correct pronunciation is charcuterie. It's a French term describing prepared or cured meats, and that's a language Alex actually knows well, because learning French is something he built into his master plan. In case you didn't notice, when Alex just rattled off a memorized list of which teams are targeting him, as well as exactly where he ranks on each team's position list, he's meticulous about his entire life. And that includes the guest list to his upcoming draft party. So how many family you got coming in? A lot. My mama said like 50, so I don't know. Oh my God, that's Your 50. Your mom brought 50 people? No, she didn't bring oh. 50 people, but she said it, it's probably gonna end up being close oh, to 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many live here already? 90% of them. Okay. Alex grew up in Pensacola, Florida, with a huge family nearby. But his childhood provided plenty of time for introspection. I grew up in basically a single-parent home, just me and my dad. All of my siblings on my dad's side were uh, much older than me, so it was just me and him in the house or whatever. I was staying with my dad. Um, my mom, she lived close like, to um, her sisters and stuff, so I got to play with all my uh, cousins and stuff. Go to her house every weekend, you know what I mean, as a kid growing up. He attended Booker T. Washington High School, and that's where he met his best friend, Kia Hollis. My name is Kia Hollis. Alex is my best friend. Where we come from, a lot of people that are from there, their main goal is to get out of Pensacola, mostly because it's not a lot of opportunities there. Most places where you can go, people have already had those jobs, they're stuck in those jobs, and they'll be there until they retire or they're fired. So growing up in our town, the 15-year-olds back then, he was a lot different than them. No kids our age were really thinking of the bigger picture, like, oh, we need to probably have this ready or we need to have this ready. But he always did. He always thought about the bigger picture. He always thought about where am I going to be five, ten years from now? I need to work on that. And he stuck to that. Lots of 15-year-olds have goals for high school and college. 
or even dreams of being a musician or becoming a doctor. What Alex was doing? That was something very, very different. His other best friend, Jerez Parks, explains. My name is Jerez Parks. I am also a football player here at the University of Alabama, but also happen to be Alex Elwood's best friend or one of his best friends. Jerez played linebacker for the Crimson Tide and lived with Alex as a roommate this past season. I have known Alex for about four and a half, maybe five years now, maybe six. I've never met anyone who's so strategic as of how they move and how they go about the things that they do. Whenever you ask him, he will tell you he's like executing his plan. And he's, he's been doing this since I first met him. He knew exactly what he needed to do at the moment where he decided to play football and what football could do for him and his family and his life. And he made those conscious decisions at a very young age to do all of those things and like strategically place these things in order. Like, I'm going to do this. Okay, after I do this, this leads me to get here. I'm going to do this after I get there. And it just kept building. And yeah, he's definitely a mastermind in planning and executing. Five and 10 year strategic operating plans are normally associated with corporate executives running multinational Fortune 500 companies, not 15 year old kids playing football. That's Alex, though. It's how he goes about his business and how he plays his position on the field. Fortunately, offensive line happens to be perfectly suited to that meticulous, systematic, detail-oriented approach. Here's Alex again explaining further. You got to be a big, smart, athletic to play O-line. Like, you can't just take any big-ass average Joe off the street and, and say play O-line. The movements and stuff we do are very unnatural to, like, the human body, our techniques, they're not like human bodily movements. Like we're sending a squat to move somebody. You know what I mean? It's the most like technical and cerebral position on the field. To an untrained eye, Alex's job in football looks like he smashes into other giant men as hard as he can on every play. In actuality, offensive linemen need enormous understanding of positioning, strategy, and technique, along with amazing situational awareness. And on top of that, they're often the smartest guys on the field. Offensive linemen score the highest on the Wonderlick test, which is the cognitive and problem-solving exam given to all NFL prospects. Quarterbacks are the second highest scoring group. Here's Alex again. Football is a game of inches. Everybody knows that, but it's even more defined when you're playing O-line, like the steps you take, how you use your leverage, where you exert your power. And you got to move another human being who doesn't want to be moved from one point to another. And like, it's not like he finna just sit there and let you move him. That other human being you're trying to move also weighs 300 plus pounds and squats 600 plus pounds and is doing everything in their power to knock you onto the ground. And sometimes the person you need to block is 100 pounds lighter than you, runs much faster than you and tries to blaze right by you with speed instead of force. Offensive linemen like Alex have to be able to handle both types of defenders. You got to watch your opponent and know what your opponent is going to do. A defensive end, like he could go up and under. He can loop. He literally has free range to go anywhere he wants on that field. So you got to be super precise with the steps you take to get him, you know, to go one way or the other. And not only that, but just like understanding and knowing a defense and knowing what they're trying to do to the offense, just based off alignment of like safety, the coverages, all types of certain like blitzes pressures, things like that. You got to understand like down and distance situations, how much you need to get the first down and what they're going to try to do to get you to stop it. 
and what you need to do to make sure they don't stop you. So I feel like it's a, it's a lot that goes into it. This chess match is what analysts and announcers talk about when they say the game within the game. It's the hundreds of small strategic decisions from all 11 guys on the offense, as well as those by coaches who call in plays and formations that all add up to whether a play works or not. And of course, this level of strategy perfectly suits the type of NFL prospect who happens to be very, very detail-oriented. Here's Jerez again on his personal chess match with Alex. I remember us going against each other at practice and we got home that night and I was watching him watch film and he was trying to see the exact point and moment where I had did something where he knew that he could catch me at that given moment and being so analytical about like, I need to do this at this given moment and this given time so this doesn't happen. And this at this given moment at this given time so this doesn't happen. And I've watched him watch film and him slow things down to damn near the millisecond of where certain things are, where he is, and him knowing that, okay, I need to do this next so this doesn't happen again. And I watched him, I watched him watch me to beat me. The next day we go out to practice, me knowing everything he's gonna do to try to stop me from doing what I do. Of course, I went on and tried to figure out, okay, if he's gonna do this at this point, it's like I was playing chess with him, but he let me watch him figure me out in a sense. And he still stopped me. Like, he literally stopped me, like, every damn time. This is just him going against me. And he was like, okay, I know that you're going to do this at this moment. And so I even switched it up. And he was still prepared for the extra and the the things that he didn't know I was going to pour or take out on him. You know, and, and he still was able to stop me in those instances. So I knew for a fact that Alex is very much a intricate thinker and I've always resented him for that um, for that moment I'm like how how do you how do you do that here's Alex's agent at Clutch Sports Group Demarius Bilbo on how Alex's experiences at Alabama propelled his mental game to another level you know he's played guard he's played right tackle he's played left tackle so he was kind of thrust in a role to be that swing man across the line. Him playing a lot of different positions, you know, on that offensive line meant that he had to know a lot of different things. He had to know a lot of terminology. He had to know a lot of defensive fronts and formations from each position. And anybody that knows football knows that the box that you're playing is completely different. The person across you is completely different. So whichever position he lined up at, he knew there was a different skill set lined up across from him. So he had to be prepared for that. So I just think him just being a student of the game because he was thrust into so many positions allowed him to be that cerebral person. Surprisingly, this versatility both helps and hurts him in the draft. Some teams view his positional flexibility as a strength because he can step in and fill any role needed. Others see him moving around as a negative. They wonder if he wasn't capable of being a pure left tackle in college and therefore can't play a left tackle in the NFL either. And unfortunately for Alex, left tackle is the most highly coveted and highly paid position on the offensive line. So despite Alex winning the Outland Trophy as the nation's best interior lineman, NFL teams aren't certain what position he'll play at the next level. And what position teams think he'll play will likely determine when and where he gets drafted. We'll be right back. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangsta Chronicles. 
podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Alex didn't even play football until high school. His main sport was track and field when he was younger. Then everything changed his freshman and sophomore years when he began to grow. After I got high school, hit like a huge growth spurt. Got tall, got big, all that good stuff. So I like, it started off with the height. I may have got like four or five off the bat, like boom, within a year. And then um, when I turned a sophomore, then that's when I got a lot heavier. You know what I mean? I started getting to the weight room. So as a freshman, started off as a defensive end, outside linebacker type deal. Then uh, my sophomore year, we had a coaching coaching staff change, and that's when I'm, Charlie Ward was our new head coach. And uh, a lot of people may know Charlie Ward. He played at Florida State. Um, he won the Heisman, but ultimately ended up playing basketball in the NBA. Former Heisman Trophy winner and New York Knicks point guard Charlie Ward played a few hours down the highway in Tallahassee, Florida, where he became a football and basketball legend. 
So it was a big deal when he came to Booker T. Washington to coach their team during Alex's sophomore year. Here's Coach Ward. When I became the head football coach at Booker T. Washington in Pensacola, he was a rising sophomore, and he was a big fella. Not as big as he is today, but he was still big. That he moved very well, had really, really long arms, and he was a very good athlete. Charlie Ward was a guaranteed pick in the NFL draft, but opted to play basketball instead. That led him to being chosen in the first round of the NBA draft. And he was also selected in the Major League Baseball draft, even though he hadn't played baseball since high school. He played in the championship game in college football, the Elite Eight in college basketball, and the NBA Finals as a pro. Coach Ward knows sports. And as soon as he got to Booker T. Washington, he saw Alex Leatherwood had the it factor, even if Alex didn't know it yet. I was just out there, like, playing football. I was like, I feel like this would be cool, you know what I mean? And Charlie Ward was just saying that, um, that I was incredibly gifted, you know, had a lot of size, a lot of, like... I was an athlete. I was big just because of um, the frame I had um, and, the sky, and the size and just the innate talent I had of like playing that position. He said that I can do great things. Just a, just like a bunch of talks with him because it started off as like a defensive player, but he was like, you can make a lot of money being an offensive lineman. And he really uh, sat me down and was like, you know, if you work hard, you can really change the whole trajectory of your life, you know, get your uh, college paid for and all that good stuff. So after he said that, I just really like bought into what he was trying to sell me. That's when it clicked like, yeah, I can do this. Here's Coach Ward again. The analysis case, I don't think he fully understood what his potential was. And when you have kids that have great potential, you want to make sure that they're understanding and knowing that they have an opportunity to be able to change their dynamics by getting an scholarship. And that scholarship can help them get a degree to be able to help their family in one way or the other. But we have to put ourselves in the positions to do that. You know, 6 a.m. workouts, have a study hall, free game meals, all those things that they're going to get accustomed to at a college level. And then when he started going to some of these uh, combines where he was going up against other top-tier players, it definitely opened up his eyes to see what he's capable of doing. Coach Ward helped Alex begin formulating his now infamous master plan, both on and off the field. Just him as a coach, uh, just like as a mentor, being like, like a life mentor and things like that. I mean, it was great because he'd seen a lot of things in his life, you know, and had experienced a lot. So he was definitely a person that I could go to for advice about, like, going to the next level, what it was going to take to get there, what it was going to take to excel after I got there and beyond. And then I started getting to the weight room, all that good stuff, and just put on a lot of, a lot of good weight. By the time I was a senior, oh, phew, I was huge. I was, like, got up to, like, 360. I was big as hell. Alex was turning himself into a force of nature on the offensive line. Unfortunately, his play didn't often translate onto the scoreboard. Booker T. Washington was getting killed week after week. We weren't um, very successful as a team. I mean, we won five games in four years. I wasn't the best leader, you know what I mean, on my team, because I just didn't know how to yet. So I was a very like very selfish when it came to like me and the things that I was going to do when I was out there playing. I was like, if we not going to win, like I'm going to whoop somebody ass. I'm still going to get me some highlights, even though 
the scoreboard says like zero to 90, I'm still gonna get mine in. Like this team may be getting his ass whooped, but I'm not getting my ass whooped. So yeah. The losing was a challenge for everyone, even their legendary coach. When we talk about the struggle of losing, uh, I don't I don't know very many people that like to do that. <laughs> so uh, he wasn't the only one. And my whole focus on that was how can we learn from each opportunity, whether we won or lost. It, it shouldn't define who we are. It, uh, the way we go about our business. And that was the struggle and the tough part that, you know, being a coach, when you're having to coach through that, it's not easy. I'm, I'm sure it's very, very tough on a player, but it's really, really tough on a coach because he's having to sell some, something that is really tough to sell. And that's, that's hope. You know, hope that one day things will get better. But I do believe that through it all, there's a lot of life lessons that he did learn that helped him at the University of Alabama because he went through that. Here's Alex's best friend from high school again, Kia, on what she noticed about the losing streak. We were one of the worst football teams in our city. So that was really hard for him. He's competitive. You want to stick up for your team, you want to speak up for it, but they're not sticking up for themselves. <laughs> so it's hard. It really was hard on him. Like I said before, he always thought of the bigger picture. So I feel like that really got him through. I feel like it was more so I just got to get to college and then that way I could just soar. Despite the obvious challenges of losing that many games, it did bring out the best in Alex in at least one way. Here's Coach Ward again. He had an opportunity to leave to go to another school his senior year because he felt like our team wasn't going to have the great success. But we were able to talk him into learning how to be a leader, not so much the wins and losses, but learning how to be a leader in this environment, but also, you know, how he could leave a legacy that Booker T. Washington. And so I think that played, that also played a big part in, you know, his willingness to stay. So, you know, that's the thing that I, I, I marvel about, you know, in this day and age, there's nothing for a kid like himself to jump up and leave and go to another situation that may be better. Where he being able to play with some other top tier college players, you know, that were in high school at the time, but he chose to stay with, you know, us, the, the lowly uh, that were, you know, we knew we were going to potentially have a great season, but we were establishing a great culture. And he was willing to do that. And so I think that that's one of the things that his commitment to that situation, I think, definitely helped, helped him in the long run. If anything, these difficult times solidified the importance of thinking long term and staying committed to his vision of the future. It helped Alex focus on progressing to the next step of playing at a premier college program. Then, as his recruitment picked up and offers poured in, the question for Alex became, Alabama or Florida? In the end, it really came down to a tight race between Alabama and Florida. Being from Florida, love state, and things were looking super bright for that program. I love the coaching staff. I love the atmosphere that they were trying to create there and change and change the uh, 
tradition and things like that. But, you know, it was, was kind of like a, a risk because I know I wanted to go somewhere. I knew I was going to win, like, on a consistent basis. Alex could either take a risk on a once elite program rebuilding their team, or he could go to the school that had jokingly become the 33rd NFL franchise, the team that funneled out professionals at an unprecedented historical rate. Here's Kia again. I believe that he was looking at the University of Florida, but I kind of figured when Saban came to our school, <laughs> left Tuscaloosa to come all the way to Pensacola, I kind of figured that <laughs> that made an impression on him. She's referring to Coach Nick Saban, the guy with the seven national titles, the most ever. Once he met Saban and Saban got a hold of him, it wasn't no talking him out of that. He was going to Alabama. The greatest coach in college football history. And just like going there to compete, I like the competitive atmosphere and environment that was there at Alabama. You competing against the best of the best day in and day out. And it's just a bunch of people with the um, same dog mentality and mindset. And uh, they all want to be champions. So I just felt like it was a, the best place to go to bring the best out of me. We'll be right back. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and sociopolitical factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, 
and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. On this final day before the 2021 draft kicks off, Alex Leatherwood continues visiting with his godparents in Pensacola, Florida. Are these healthy? Uh, Will I have a heart attack if I ate a whole thing of them? Yeah. Yeah, that's the trick. As part of your charcuterie plate, you're making for you. Charcuterie? Yeah. No, I got more. I got three three bags. Those are good, though, aren't they? They continue planning the charcuterie board for Alex's draft party, while also moving outside to discuss his future life as an NFL player. Would you buy a house in Atlanta? In Georgia? Atlanta? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, what would be a permanent home if you had to make one? If, like, you want to do a low-tax state, that's for sure. If I could do, like, anything, if I had the money to do anything I want? Beverly Hills. I, now, that's I a high-tax like state. I know, I it's ridiculous. Like it's so you, ridiculous. So you want to live there without having a residence. Right. <laughs> Somehow. Literally. I th- because I believe Calif- California taxes your paycheck when you play there, don't they? Yep. You get... You get taxed for every state you play in. Like, say, like, if we went to New York or California to, yeah. like, play them, we get taxed on their income tax. Yeah, yeah. Yep. that's how it is. Alex's attention to detail and mastery of the craft doesn't stop on the field. He's already studying the tax code and how to best manage his soon-to-arrive paychecks from the NFL. Florida would be a good state to be in because we don't have that income tax. Well, at least half home game, half away game in the league, right? So, like, half of your check would be that's, zero that's state income tax. Your, your, your tax residents in Beverly Hills. Exactly. I mean, and when you think about it, all that adds up. Absolutely. I mean, making a lot of money is great, but, man, I mean, when you Put think you about what you want to do when you want to invest sucks. for your future, hopefully, you know, you need to find a good um, money manager or something to help you with that. Y'all ever heard of... Um, Landon Dickerson, my teammate. Who, who's your teammate? Land, Landon Dickerson. He was our starting center. Landon was another member of the national championship-winning Alabama offensive line this season. And like Alex, he won the award for the best lineman at his position. He's like a hillbilly carefree. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the conversations that like we was just having about like real estate, like taxes and all that stuff. Oh my God, he he like talked to you about he talked to you about that kind of stuff all day. Recently, Alex, Landon Dickerson, and other top NFL prospects participated in a Zoom call with lead commissioner Roger Goodell. They discussed this year's draft process along with any other questions the draftees might have. Here is Alex again talking about a specific question Landon asked the commissioner. Goodell had asked if it was anything about the league. You could change, what would it be? And what did Landon say? It was He's, good, though. It was insane. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to call Have him. you seen that? Did I show you that about that for my, for my Mother's Day? After his last season, it's all... Hold on, here he goes. Here he goes. Hey, Landon. 
the fuck you want. <laughs> hey, do you remember when uh, we had the conversation with Goodell? What did you ask him to change? Uh, the ruling about uh, being able for, for clubs to be able to sign business instead of players. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, bet. Y'all hunting right now? No, nah, we're not hunting. We're just in the log right now. For real? Yeah. Look at this thick-ass mustache. This thick mustache. Jesus Christ. But all right, bro. You look like a hillbilly, but all right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. But so, yeah. Hire businesses. So you want to make an LLC out of yourself or something like that. You want to incorporate yourself. And therefore, um, everything's tax loop, Tax loopholes and all that good stuff. And then Goodell was like, whoa, I've never like thought of that. You know what I mean? That's actually very interesting. Exactly. Welcome to the NFL in the year 2021, where 21-year-old, 300-plus pound, soon-to-be professional athletes are stumping the league commissioner about self-incorporating and tax planning. But yeah, he's very much into people who make the tax laws and how they get around them and stuff. He's just always trying to find ways to, like, innovate. Well, and for you, that's and the be whole frugal. thing is, you got to worry about your body and all that in eight years. Right. And I, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to be a downer here, but right <laughs> at 36 years old, where are you going to be? Retired. And that's the prime that's part right. of your life. With the 100 so, M's in the bank. Yeah, and you don't want to be doing nothing, right? You oh, want I, to have I, something going that's awesome. Not a job. I don't want enriching. to work. But I, Alex, you want to be do something enriching, too. Oh, I can tell you exactly what I want to do. But I, And I do think you'd be good policy if you wanted to go that route. But I'm just saying. Nah, what I really want to do, I want to be a linguist is what I really want to do. Oh, wow. After I'm done, I want to like move to Europe, finish learning French, then go on to German, like Spain, do like some 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 Spain and Spanish. It's not just tax planning and dreams of one day becoming a linguist. Alex dispels every antiquated myth about these Herculean giants on the field. Here's Alex's teammate, friend, and roommate, Jerez Parks, once again. When I first got into college, I spoke five languages, and I knew for sure that Alex was intrigued at the fact that I could speak like languages um, at that time. And he randomly took it upon himself to go learn a language. It was so cool to just find somebody that, like, oh, I want to go learn a language. And he actually went and did it. There were times he would text me in French, and I'm like, what? Like, where did this come from? He just really loved the fact that he could put his mind to something as of learning a language and, and do it with ease the way he did it. At times, like, we were talking, he was like, okay, bro, I gotta go, I gotta go work on my French. Like, it, he's definitely, he's, he's special, he's a special guy. Alex is definitely one of a kind, because there aren't that many other people that I've met in my life that say, oh, I want this, or I wanna do this, and then immediately goes to do what they say they're gonna do. This has been Alex's approach to everything since that aha moment with his coach, Charlie Ward, where they discussed changing the trajectory of his life. He figured out what he wanted. He broke it down into steps and immediately began doing it. Getting stronger, improving his blocking techniques, studying film down to the last millisecond, making the honor roll, learning French, always looking years ahead. The next step is becoming a first-round pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. Now, he just has to wait one more day to see if everything will continue according to plan. Next, 
on Drafted. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, how does how does that happen? How do you have millions of dollars? And then I'd somehow see them like on Christmas break back in the hood or broke. I just feel like Leatherwood is a safer guy. When, you, when you're using a first round pick on a guy, you want to make sure he can come in and play. That is something that will fight your brain at the core. I hope I don't go out here and get my ass whooped on national TV because this is like the only game everybody in the country is watching right now. He doesn't really get too high doesn't get too low. He's a very even-killed young man. He's definitely mature beyond his years. I was willing to give up the entire sport at some points just because I knew that I was just, I can't do this workout anymore. This is, it's really hard. Pops, I got a question. Cause he told me something at my house. Is it true? Y'all go outside, take a squirrel and carve him up. <laughs> Drafted is a production of Treefort Media, Clutch Sports Group, and iHeartRadio. The executive producers are Kelly Garner, Lisa Ammerman, Eric Salat, Eric Weiner, and Sean Titone. The series is produced and written by Eric Weiner. Garme Mamalu is our coordinating producer. Coral Silverberg is our associate producer. Tom Monahan is our senior audio engineer. The show is mixed, edited, and hosted by me, Stephen Johnson. Additional production help from Tim Schauer and Haley Mandelberg. For transcripts of the show and more information on Drafted, go to treefort.fm. And for more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday already know. a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.